Welcome to The Other 165. On this show, we want to talk about what to do when life happens, when things knock you down and discourage you throughout your week. Join us as we discuss how to stay encouraged and develop true relationships of love and discipleship. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode. Episode 5, if you can believe it. Episode 5 already. We thank you so much for uh, watching these episodes, and we hope you're you're enjoying it and getting out, getting something out of it. We are having a blast doing it. You know, Amen. it's a uh, it's a time commitment. It is a commitment in in many different ways, uh, mentally and all that. But um, it's uh, it's been such a blast to do it, and we just really hope you're enjoying it. And I am your host, Aaron, and my co-host, Joel, is with me today, like always. Joel, what's up? What's up, man? With this episode five, we are going to dive into the the idea of surrender. And just right off the bat, I've been talking a lot about surrender, just the word so surrender. Before I even get into what I want to talk about, involving surrender i feel like i don't know if you've ran into this too where people just automatically put their defenses up because the word surrender has a very negative connotation to it you know what i mean like well what do you mean what do you mean surrender i'm not gonna surrender like you know in battle you're you're surrendering to the opposing forces and you know it's like you lose like you're losing and i don't want to lose I don't know if that's been happening to you at all. No, no, it's it's one of those, I think, when you say when you think of it in the world, most people do not look at it as a positive thing. Because like you said, in war or anything else that we do or someone surrender basically means defeated, where we're not looking that in that way at all when it comes to biblical at all. Right. And I mean, in the context of the biblical sense, in surrender, you're actually surrendering in victory. So um, to kind of I I thought about um, looking up like different definitions of it to see if we could go with something that maybe, uh, you know, doesn't inspire as much uh, negative connotation or, you know, just to kind of put it into a different context. And one of the one of the definitions uh, was a lot longer, but I boiled it down to basically to stop resisting and submit. Amen. So I mean, it, you could even go a little bit further and just be like, stop fighting it. <laughs> and the the whole idea behind just stop fighting it will definitely come into play in a lot of what we're talking about. But um, that was kind of. In, in my personal in my personal walk, I would say stop fighting would be probably the best way to describe it without using the word surrender. And yeah, no, um, I, go ahead. No, no, and I think it's perfect because like what people don't realize is a lot of times when we uh, Aaron some will think of different topics that we'll go through in the sense of the episodes, and we basically get our notes, and then a lot of times we share some of our notes either the day or the day before and like when i looked up the definition to break it down submission was the word that basically was key to me in a sense of what um out of that surrender word basically like spoke to me the most because submitting to god uh is the easiest way in the sense of surrendering it all the bible verse our first verse of the episode is going to bring up a word that also has probably even more of a negative connotation, but we'll dig into that as well. But it is Romans 6.16. It says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. And obviously, there's no positive way to spin the word slave, but um, I guess really more to the point is like serve. You're going to serve something and you're going to serve it with your time. You're going to serve it with your efforts. You're going to serve it with your life. So 
the, the Bible basically breaks it down to you are going to serve something regardless of whether you think you are or not. You're going to serve the you're going to serve the sinful way of the world or you're going to serve God. So Amen. that's the choice that we've that's been put in front of us. And um, it, it really all boils down to that is it is a choice to serve one or the other. Yeah, no, I think it's true because I think out of it is some when we serve, we basically submit to basically a cause. Uh, we su we're submitting to Christ in a sense of understanding when we're serving. Uh, we're serving people in the sense of if it's homeless, if it's ushering, whatever it is, we're serving uh, in so many different ways, but surrendering in a sense of understanding that there's a, uh, that what God has done for us is bigger and all of us serve in different ways in a sense of submission, in a sense of, because I think about it in the church with my um, brother, he, um, there's so many different roles that so many people play from videos to uh, music to cleaning the church. And I think about it, like even with my mom being the mother of the church, she uh, cleans the church and it's a way of her submitting because she knows it's a way of her serving God in a sense of doing that as a sign of respect and a sign of submission. Yeah. I mean, the, all of our episodes previous to this have been about, you know, loving God and loving others. And a great way to love is to serve, to put others in front of yourself. And so taking those, uh, those two choices, it, in my life, it was either, you know, serve God or run from what he wanted me to do. And I feel like this um, this episode is is really going to hit home for me because I ran and ran and ran for my whole life. You know, I didn't just I didn't just wake up in July. I was like, man, God has God has a calling out. There's a calling on my life. Like I've known I've known for a long time, but I've ran from it. And running from God, first of all, is it, your your life is just going to be not good. Like I'm just gonna tell you, it's gonna be a very frustrating way to live because there's something that is deeply planted inside of us that wants to be in relationship with God. And if you cut that off, you're constantly going to feel like something is missing and nothing that you can do will fill that. And that's why I, I feel like, you know, there's so many there you just you hear so many stories about people that you know, or rich and famous or whatever, but then they, they come out with, you know, their books or their, their tell-alls about what a miserable life they have led because they can't find what they're looking for. And I, I earnestly believe that it's because that relationship with their creator is cut off. No, it's true. I think it's very true out of that. I think just basically understanding your calling out of this situation is basically going to be in a sense of, if you're going to answer it or are you going to run? Right. So the, I guess the next question would be like, what if you don't know? Like we, we talked about this in, in one of the episodes, forgive me for not remembering which one, but when we talked about how everyone has a calling on their life and that is a hundred percent, both of our firm beliefs that every single person on this life in this life, has a calling from God. I don't know what it is, and you might not know what it is. So how do we find out? And, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard because you are likely not going to, like, God's not going to knock on your door and say, hey, good morning. I want you to be the assistant pastor at this church. All right, have a good one. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it takes a lot more seeking. It takes, it takes surrender of, I'm not going to chase the things that I think that I want. I want to surrender my will to God. And that's the, the, the first thing that we want to talk about is 
submitting to the will of God rather than our own. And some of the things that we can do to kind of be more in tune with what God is trying to say to us. And my biggest way of trying to communicate with God is obviously you you pray, but then you have to be open to listening to his word. And what better way of trying to hear his word is to read his word. Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of, it, this is going to be kind of uh, just so you know, it's going to be kind of a silly uh, illustration, but um, I have a dog. He's actually eating right now. You might be able to hear that. Um, but anyway, um, I have a dog and it is kind of easy to know what he wants, mostly because a dog's needs are fairly simple. He needs to eat. He needs to go outside. He needs affection. You need to pet him and love him and all that stuff and needs, you know, exercise, whatever. And I know that because I'm around him. I've been around him for a long time. We are kind of in tune with... (laughs) with each other's lives. Again, I'm talking about a dog. I understand this is a little silly, but I'll never be able to know exactly what he wants because he can't talk to me. And there are times, and we hate when he does this, where he will just, he'll walk right in front of you and sit down and stare at you. And he'll just stare at you. Sometimes he'll, sometimes he'll whine a little bit or he'll just continue to stare at you. It's a little, it's a little off-putting, but (laughs) Like me, me and Julia have said a couple of times, like, man, what do you want? Like, I really just wish that you could just talk to me and tell me what you want. So I feel like in sort of a similar way, if you are trying to have a relationship with God, but you don't take the time to read the Bible, seek his word, seek understanding of his word, then you're, you, you have an incomplete relationship. You might be able to, discern some things that he wants, you know, maybe by going to church and hearing it from others. Or, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do. But in my opinion, if you're not reading the Bible and reading his word, it is going to be an incomplete relationship. No, it's true. And I think like how you were talking about basically like finding out what your calling is, I think technically out of most people basically that run, I ran, you ran, it's basically due to uh, either A, you don't want to hear what the person saying you're calling is because you don't want to take on that, or B, you're, you just don't believe it. And I think like for me, when I was trying to figure out what my calling was, it was one of those things in the sense of that helped me is when we say surrender, we basically have to give our all, like you were saying, in reading his word. Uh, I, you know what I'm saying, uh, submitting under uh, a, a pastor in a sense of letting somebody guide us. And then I think the biggest thing after those two things I did was with the pastor, he's going to basically uh, put me in positions if it's cleaning the church or something. And that's where I have to, uh, when submission comes, accept those because during those times, uh, I didn't, for me specifically, uh, my dad would have me volunteer at the homeless shelter and do stuff with the homeless all the time. And I would always be like, why? You know what I'm saying? I knew he had a heart for the homeless. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, because like, I mean, my no, I, I understand like, I had other things to do, but it was weird because out of it, it was, I mean, he always wanted to keep us grounded in the sense of making sure we understood that we were truly blessed. And, um, and we, and I still am, but out of it, it basically, uh, grounded, uh, grounded me in a sense of uh, making sure I always understood I was not better than anybody else. And as I would have conversations with these guys uh, from the homeless shelter, it was a lot of conversations you I would have. It's a lot of guys that were lost, and they basically never wanted to surrender to a boss in a sense of doing their job. 
in a sense of being able to not be homeless. And that's where pride comes in. Uh, and it's basically pride in the sense of um, not accepting, you know what I'm saying, that somebody else could be right and that we could be wrong. And because like there were times where I would uh, do different jobs. It didn't matter what job it was. My dad would have me do random jobs. Uh, uh, he would always joke around. And as you were talking about in that verse, he would always be like, I'm his slave. And, but it was mainly him basically saying like I was basically uh, his son and I was going to go to whatever. He told me because I submitted to my father um, out of uh, one of the quotes I remember he would always love. It was Mark Twain. He always, there was a quote that he loved. It was uh, that two most important days in your life uh, is the day you were born and the day you find out why. And out of that or something like that, it's a beautiful thing to know um, that the gift God gives us in life. And then after that, to find out why we're on this earth is an even bigger blessing out of that. Uh, when I thought about surrender, uh, that um, came to mind when I was reading was uh, Mark 10, 28. And that verse basically is when Peter began to say, behold, we have left everything to follow you. And here he is talking. And it's basically because they completely surrendered to Christ, which is beautiful right. because we don't realize that something like that with the disciples that they basically left everything. They truly and fully submitted uh, to Christ. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like, it's easy for us to look and be like, oh, yeah, I would have followed Christ. And honestly, like you say, for me, it would have been a struggle in the beginning because a lot of people were, you know, against what Christ did. They basically mm -hmm. felt doing was uh, wrong. But right. the beauty of it or something like that was these men truly believed and went out there and they truly surrendered and submitted under his calling. Right. The other thing we can do aside from, from reading his word to kind of be in tune, kind of bringing it back to the how do I, how do I hear from him that this is what he wants me to do is that God will speak to us in a multitude of ways. And sometimes he'll speak to us um, through other people. And, you know, and by that, I don't mean like me and Joel are sitting here and he just goes still and God's voice comes out of him. But I definitely, when we've been in conversation, he said something so powerful to me. I definitely believe there has been times that God has spoken to me in conversations that, that we have had. So you can have it in conversations with, you know, friends, family from the church. Obviously, the the that God can speak through the pastor who's preaching your sermon and all that good stuff. But sometimes, in my case, um, he actually spoke to me through a stranger. And if by the end of this story, you're not like, how could you be so stupid that you heard this and still didn't listen? I don't know. I was really dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so this, this happened when I was 19 years old. So, you know, like two years ago and, uh, Oh, wow. You're just going to let me lie like that. That's cool. Thank you, Joel. You're so about, <laughs> yeah. So about 15 years ago, uh, <laughs> uh, when I was 19, um, I was working, at a local hardware store and you know just a normal day and this lady this this little old lady probably in her 80s she comes up to me with her little shopping cart and i was like stocking the shelves or something like that and i was working in the flooring department so standing right next to the ceramic tile and she was like excuse me young man could you put one box of this tile in my cart and i was like Sure. There you go. That was it. And she looked at me with this the weirdest look. I'll never forget the look she had on her face. She was like, oh, what a, what a fine Christian man you are. And I'm just like, me? Oh, thank you. Thank you, nice old lady. And she was like, you're going to be a minister one day. And I kind of just looked. It's like, what are you talking about? Minister, she's like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna be a minister one day, and I, I mean, I don't really 
I didn't really know how to respond to that. Like, thank you. This is a really nice thing for you to say, ma'am. And, uh, you know, she left and went on about my day. I, I definitely never stopped thinking about that, but mostly in the context of, yeah, right. Like, there's no way. There's no way that, that I could be. And, and of course, most of, most of the time since then, it was always like, I'm not going to be up in a, like a pulpit. Like, I can't, I'm not going to be a preacher. Like, I, I can't do that, can I? And um, then, you know, we started it on this and we've been talking about how <laughs> you don't need to be in a pulpit to be a minister. And that's actually um, something that I came came about just through, not that it's some groundbreaking new idea, but that, that popped into my mind. Like, just because I'm not in the pulpit doesn't mean that she wasn't prophesying over my life that I eventually would become a minister in that I am trying to use what God has brought me through, the, the things that God has done in my life to try and help others get to a place in God where they can be free and healed and finding the will of God for their life. Amen. And I think that's, that's where a lot of people like you, like we've always said uh, that we all have a calling and uh, God gives everybody a gift. And out of that, I think a lot of people do. I mean, I've always looked at it in the sense where when you look at ministers, you think of them behind the pulpit, but we don't realize that um, there's so many different ministries out there that people lead in this ministry that they can do from street ministry to uh, uh, music ministry to so many different things that that pulpit basically doesn't have to be where some of the things that some people prophesy over our lives in the sense of um, what God has for us. And I think that's what, that's what makes it fun because I think about with my, my brother, uh, when God, when they prophesied, well, lady said that he was called to preach. My brother, <laughs> and he don't mind me talking about it, is my brother shares and talks now with no problem, but my brother had a horrible stutter that he would have to like kick his leg in order to get the word out that if you sat across from them, you had some, a lot of wounds. So that's why my knees are very sore. But no, but that was my brother that just was, and it just weird in a sense of thinking of it. And I think about my uncle Paul, my uncle Paul had uh, such stage fright. Uh, he would talk about it in a sense of like, he didn't with singing and everything. And from his ministry, from doing music ministry to now basically being one of the pastors that, uh, full gospel it's just one of those things in the sense of when we uh accept our calling that we sometimes realize like our calling is um in different ways than what we realize right and i guess basically all of that to say even if you're not sure um when you're developing and getting into deeper relationship with god and just doing all these different things that will allow you to get closer to him, you won't be able to help feeling more of his presence and in turn feeling kind of what you what you should be doing. And honestly, I mean, the calling that's on every follower of Christ is to share the gospel. So right there, right off the bat, you already know if you're if you're a follower of Christ, then one of your callings is to to share your faith and again back to not necessarily meaning you have to go up to everyone you meet and say hey i want to talk to you about christ right now but you know standing up for it if someone you know is is bashing it or something like that or if someone were to you know ask you the question or whatever or just loving people and being there for them you know so it really just comes down to submitting your heart to to his ways and they will eventually just start to become a part of your heart and i uh, i was actually planning on using this story probably in every single episode we've done up until this point but i wanted to wait until um i was actually able to sit down and talk with him about it just to make sure he was okay with me using this story and it just 
it kind of fit so perfectly anyway that it ended up working out because this conversation that I had with this man, like it changed things for me. And we still talk about this, this conversation, how, how he felt like he changed because of it and how I felt like I changed because of it. And his name is Danny Dorado. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal man, a huge friend of the show. Danny, we love you, brother. Um, and so I, I was talking to him like, man, I really want to use it. I really want to use this story. It's such a it's such a big story in in my life. And so he he's OK with uh, with me telling this story. But um, there was there was this night that I was at work and I, I had known Danny for pretty much the entire time I worked there. But at, we kind of just talked in passing. And then we started to have like deeper conversations about, you know, all kinds of stuff, like both like to read and all this other stuff. And I started to quickly realize like he's not your typical conversationalist. Like he really likes to like if you want to have a deep conversation, like he's your guy. Like he will he will do a deep dive and have no problem doing it. And uh, so there was this one night and it was me, him and a couple other guys. And I could just see this look on his face. I was like, how's it going, man? And to his credit, he was on honest enough to be like, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, things are, things are not that good. And I'm like, okay, all right. Well, what's wrong, man? And I, I thought, I, I didn't think he would really get into <laughs> too much detail, but, um, you know, he was just telling me all these struggles that he had. And I'm not I'm not going to go into that, obviously. But um, I I told him how. Around the time that my dad died and around the time that God was really dealing with my heart, I was going through a lot of stress and anxiety. And like it would just it physically it was physically. Hurting me, like I felt like my whole chest was like just balled up into a fist, like. Like someone was sitting on my chest. I walked around like that. And it was just, it was almost paralyzing at times, like borderline panic attacks. And I'm telling him this. He's like, yeah, man, I, I feel like I get that too sometimes, you know, but it's like, I don't really know what to do, man. Like this and this and this. And so I started talking to him about a couple of the, couple of the books that I've read. And one, um, I think I put it up on the, the Instagram a couple weeks ago, uh, about it was uh, defined about finding your identity in Christ, and I started to tell him, like, you know what, man, like I've been I've been fighting this thing for my whole life, and through the experiences that I've had in the past couple of months, some of the books I've read, and just I finally just decided that I was just gonna let go. I was gonna stop fighting. I was gonna stop running. And I'm, I was going to stop saying like, you know, not to say that I don't still want to have, you know, success. I'm not saying I'm, I'm against success. I don't, I don't want to try and sound like I'm saying I'm giving up on living. But what I decided is that from here on out, I, me being in control of my decisions, it's not working for me anymore. I have made a mess. I've made a huge mess of everything. I've made a mess of my heart, my life, my relationships. I can't do it anymore. I'm not good at this. So I finally decided that no matter what the implication was, I was just going to give it to God. And I told him, I, I've given everything to God. And I'm not perfect and I still have my bad days and I and you know, I, I still have a lot of things. It's a process. It's a never-ending process. But instead of worrying about what's going to happen to me at work, worrying about what's going to happen in my relationships, I decided that I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to do everything I can to just put it in the hands of God. And I told him like the weight has come off my chest because it's not, it's not on me anymore. Like he took it all. He took it all away. And I don't have to worry about it anymore. 
and I still have to live my life and I still have to make my decisions, but I now know that he's standing in the gap for me. And it was, it was one of the most freeing, unbelievable, raw conversations that I have ever had in my entire life. And like I said, we still talk about this conversation and how it was so life-changing to both of us. But like, I think the biggest thing that I took a, took away from that is like he walked away and he went and went back into work. And I sat there and I was like, this is the most incredible feeling I've ever had. Like someone coming to me and saying like, bro, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And me being able to say, but there's a God. There's a God that can take control. I don't ever want to do anything else. This is all I want to do. Amen. Now we're even. We've both cried in an episode. <laughs> but, no, but I mean, that was it, man. Like, that was the voice of God. That was, the, to me, in my heart, that was the voice of God saying, like, this is what I want you to do. People out there, people out there need this. No, it's true. hundred percent. I, I remember this Sunday was it my brother was preaching on uh, a simple story of Jonah and the whale, uh, how Jonah ran. And as we talk on surrendering, like you said, giving your all by without, no longer worrying about anything, no longer trying to figure it out, just trusting God who's out that whole process and just letting him do Jonah basically or something like that didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. And out of it, which was weird out of that story of like that, that uh, he brought out was since Jonah didn't want to be submissive, guess who wanted to submit to Christ was the whale. And it's one of those things where we don't realize that that whale whales don't normally go to eat people. And this whale basically went, swallowed Jonah and where he failed to realize is didn't eat Jonah just put him in his belly and waited until God said okay he's ready to surrender his all to me now spit him up and out of that whole story I was sitting there I was like man I said how many times when I run do I actually or something like that like basically like uh, run so far away to where like, I'm no different than Jonah. Basically, I did where I felt I needed to, and God says, now it's time for you to go and do more. And I mean, like how you said, it's one of those where we worry so much of, like, well, if I go there, uh, everything's established right now here. But for me to go there, I have to start all over. And that's what God's like, listen, surrender to me or all. Trust me in everything that we do, and I've got it. But you have to be submissive in the sense of understanding and surrender everything to me. And I think that's where it's perfect in a sense like my uh my father would always say he says uh if god doesn't make mistakes so there's never gonna be a time to where he tells us to do something that uh there's something's gonna go wrong no sometimes things get difficult and we think that means it's going wrong no that's when we're getting stretched in the sense of being able to do more and that's where god's like i still got you don't worry about it everything's gonna work itself out right the the moment that you feel that you're starting to to stop fighting and to submit to his will like i'm telling you i'm telling you right now from personal experience like that is freedom and that is true peace that you will not find anywhere else and so what if your what what if your next question is you know okay so God wants me to do this what if what if I can't what if I don't know how what if what if I've made such a mess out of everything that all I have is pain and struggle and weakness well here's the good news like I just told you I was pretty much told flat out 15 years ago and I was still an idiot and didn't didn't come after it but uh-huh. I was still able to come back because yeah. God, because 
God even tells us in the in the Bible that he is made strong in our weaknesses. So he's not he's not saying that you're you need to be all powerful and mighty. It's like, no, you need to just surrender what you have. Like he'll take what you have. Like like you said, your brother had a hard time speaking, and yet now he's the pastor of a church. Like that doesn't make sense logically. But you know what? God doesn't need to be logical. No. And that's where like I think most of it is so powerful out of the situation of us understanding who he is. Because I think for me, I had to learn to trust him more than I trusted man. Because when I look at it, it's one of those that I fail I fail friends, I fail my wife, you know what I'm saying, my mother, in a sense of just being human, but God's never failed me. But yet it's it's one of those to where um Honestly, I get, I get, you could say like, I'd be, no, just, I'd be dumb to be like, oh no, you know, I'm going to try this other guy before I get to you, God. Then if he fails me, then we'll have a conversation. No, and he's just sitting there and he stands and he waits for us. But as soon as I truly, fully submit and trust him, the man that has the whole world in his hands is who basically is trying to say, hey, if I can hold the whole world. I already got you. If I'm holding the whole world, I just need you to truly understand that. And that's where it's it's beyond amazing and believing in in the sense of it. It's it's fun to see, like you could say, when people share testimonies in the sense of when uh, I always love seeing when people surrender their life and give their life to Christ, and you see their renewing, you see their face, their whole countenance, and everything changes and. I always tell people, a lot of people be like, well, uh, nothing happened uh, right away. And I tell them all the time, I was like, now I said, this is when the process continues to start in a sense of you basically confess that I trust you've got enough going. Now there's steps that you're going to do that are going to change your life miraculously in your walk in the sense of prayer, in a sense of uh, how you, uh, how you, like how you said, worry. You know what I'm saying? Now you're like, no reason to worry. I trust you, God. Uh, so many different ways. And I think like it's just so amazing in the sense of understanding when we surrender truly and fully to God and we give him a hundred percent us and we honestly have to be honest with ourselves that if we're not giving God a hundred percent of ourselves and we have a little bit of a headache, that headache was caused by us, not by God. It was because we will not allow him to take full control of our life. So basically that headache is due to the fact of us still trying to do things our way. So just allow and understand that God will take every piece of us as weak as we may be at that time, as depressed, stressed, anything, and he just turns it in the sense of seeing the joy and knows the beauty that you are. And all you have to do is to say, I'm yours. And he brought up the like the look on, on someone's face that, gives their life to God. And like, to me, that, that face is the realization of what you've just traded off. Like it's, it's yeah, absurd. True. It's absurd. Like what you get for what you give. Like I have nothing. I am, I am broken. Yeah. I am weak. I am nothing. I'm ashamed. I'm disgraced. And God says, okay, well, here's peace. Here's comfort. Yep. Here's freedom. And the Bible even says he gives joy for your sadness, beauty for your ashes. Mm. And like the other, another uh, verse we want to talk about is Isaiah 61, 7. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land. And everlasting joy will be yours. Yep. What, like, what are you willing to give for that? How about the nothing that you have? <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not like it, it would be. I feel like it would be a, a whole different scenario to be like, all right, Joel, you can have your double portion of prosperity and everlasting joy, but what you have to do is work the rest of your life until you're dead and just be you know, constant notes, you know, just all this list of 
things. I'm not yeah. going to bring up the the check boxes because my wife tells me I use that analogy too much. But um, like all of that for your for you to just stop fighting what he wants to do in your life that you're going to like anyway that's going to set you free anyway like yeah. that's that's just what's so crazy kind of like you know um you always think like man if i knew then what i know now it's yeah. kind of like if i knew now if i knew then that i could have the freedom and joy that i have simply by just saying you know what i'm not i'm not good at making decisions <laughs> Like, I'm not, I'm not good at lifing and <laughs> like, just say, okay, God, like take over. Like You do it. That's what yeah. you want to do anyway. And you're better at it. <laughs> you're better at it than me. Yeah. But I mean, think about what you said. I'm not good at lifing. So technically if we're not good at lifing, why not trust the person that gave us life to control Ooh. our life? So mm. it makes it in a sense of understanding who God is, because I mean, out of that true surrender in a sense of knowing that he's got us see man. And this is where I, you know, I'm going to use this word again, dumb, because that was me is we, so dumb trusting man where man puts draft picks in the sense of who they pick. I'll pick you. Okay. Not you, but I'll pick you. And the thing is God looks at everybody. We are all his number one draft because he accepts all of us he takes us all he doesn't love anybody more than the next person and and that's i think like in the sense of like when people say like they want acceptance they want love they you know what i'm saying certain things or whatever there's so much that he gives everything because I, I i mean i think of the when i um when i'm at weddings and people in their vows will say to their spouse like uh uh, I'm nothing without you. But truly, in, in the sense of surrendering, I know 100% with me, like, uh, I love my wife, but I'm nothing without God. And she's nothing mm -hmm. without God. I don't complete her at all. Because the thing is, we've been married for five years. Um, hey, how many years are you and your wife married? Five years. High five. But I know. Out of it, out of it, I think what's amazing is even in these five years, I still don't know my wife. I know my wife, but I still don't know yeah. all of them. And the thing right. is, the I, like even when we have uh, any arguments or issues or anything, you know what I'm saying? Because it's on, you were human, you know, and she married Joel. Uh, but uh, it's mm. one of those to where we understand that, like, when I seek God, there are a lot of times and surrender to Him to understand that, like, God, how can I be a better husband? God, how can I be a better friend? God, how can I be a better worker? And I'm surrendering and he's basically looking at these like he's realizing that only I can give him the tools in the sense of letting him understand how to do this better. I, if I get frustrated at work, I, I always have to basically remind myself, God bless me with this job, but God will also give me the peace. Amen. I think one of the... Our, our last question that we're going to go through, I think it'll probably be, I've heard it a lot. I'm sure you've heard it a lot. Um, mm -hmm. What if it's too late? What if the, you know, what if I'm too far gone? You know, what if the time yeah. has passed? And I I mean, I understand. I understand the uh, the question. I understand the sentiment because you just are like I did you allow yourself to to believe the lie you know what i mean yeah. that just any just any excuse not to get you to step into your purpose will be thrown at you especially when you start getting closer to it then that's when all of the stuff is going to come and i i'm going to i'm going to talk about my absolute without a doubt favorite bible story on earth to close this out and it is the story of the prodigal son which is a parable parable told by jesus and i think it is it's so powerful and i've read books about it and i've actually there was a 
Maverick City Music just did a song about it that is awesome. It's called To You. Go listen to it. It's amazing. But the the story, the story is just so powerful. And for those of you who don't know, I'll do a quick rundown. And there's a wealthy man and he has two sons. And the one son says, I want my inheritance early. But basically, I don't want to wait for you to die. I want my inheritance now so I can go enjoy my life. And so really, like, basically he's telling his dad, like, I'd rather you be dead and have money. And even further than that, like, I'd rather have this money than a relationship with you. And so his dad says, okay, here you go. And the Bible says he goes off and he basically blows it all on wild living. And it's not very specific, but I'm sure you can use your imagination on, I mean, maybe just think about what you would do if you blew, say, a million dollars in, you know, a couple of months or something like that. So wild living. So he, there's a huge famine that breaks out and he goes broke. And he finds himself in a pig pen and kind of looking around at the pigs like, man, I'm eating slop with pigs in a pen. So he's basically at rock bottom, right? So he starts to get this idea that maybe, maybe he's made, <laughs> I've made a mistake, <laughs> um, obviously. So now he's thinking like, maybe I should go home. And he start he, and the Bible even says, he says that even my father's servants live better than this. So just think about, put yourself in that situation. And I, I have many times and just, just think about everything that would be going through your head because it's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a very short story in the Bible. Like there's not a whole ton of detail because like basically it's like, yeah, my father's servants live better than this. I'm going to get up and go. But just think about what would be going through your mind and all of the reasons not to go back would start just getting thrown at you. Like I would be sitting there like I, I told my I basically disrespected my dad. I, I basically slapped him in the face. I told him in not so many words that I wish you were dead so that I could go have fun with my money. And he's not going to forgive me. He's not going to take me back. And all of these things just start barraging him. And all of these probably million reasons why he shouldn't, why he should just stay where he's at because of all the implications of what might happen to him if he gets up. So then he gets up, he decides, okay, whatever, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go. And so it says, when he's walking down the road to his old house, his father sees him. <laughs> I'm probably going to cry again. Uh, his father sees him and he runs, he runs to him. And he puts, he puts his robe on him and he puts a ring on his finger and he puts shoes on him. And he says, let's celebrate. My son who was dead is now alive. He's come back and I'm going to throw the biggest party I've ever thrown. And he could have stopped again on the road. You know what I mean? Like once, once he saw his house in the distance, he could have said, man, you know, it's like a, maybe it's like a medieval castle. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe there's archers that patrol like, yeah. My dad's going to see me and have me shot with an arrow. You know, there's there's just so many things that your mind will use to beat you up. And I feel like those are the lies we allow ourselves to believe when we are getting close to submitting to our God-given purpose. And it only can come when you stop fighting all of the, the implications. Well, what if this? Well, what if it's been too long? What if all I have is weakness and brokenness? What if this? What if that? What if this? 
when you finally just find yourself in a place that you say, you know what, Lord, I don't care anymore because I can't do it my way anymore. And that, that spot right there that the prodigal son found himself in, that he was in a place that he didn't care anymore. He didn't care what it would mean. Like, I'll, I'll go be a servant in his house. Like, you know, I'll go wash his dogs for a living. I don't care just as long as I can be back in relationship with my father. I don't care what it means. I don't care what happens to me. I just need to be back with my father. And that is where the true healing comes from surrender. On our next episode, we want to get into what we're calling the next step. And, you know, because we've already talked about loving each other and submitting to the will of God. Okay, what do we do next? And we're going to go over some of the things that, the steps that we've taken, um, just kind of generic steps that everyone can take. And instead of, you know, kind of like taking worry out of the picture, instead of saying, what are my next 10 years going to look like? Like, God, what's my next hour going to look like? (laughs) So uh, we thank you so much for joining us and listening. Please uh, like, share, and subscribe. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, Again, if you're not into social media or whatnot, um, we have a show email that comes to just me and Joel. Uh, it's the other one, six, five hours at gmail.com. Send us an email. If you feel like, uh, just be us reading it and join us next time. Joel, thanks for being with me. Thanks, Aaron. All right. And you all have a blessed day. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please, uh, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. And we hope you continue to join us on our mission to not only live for God for three hours a week at church, but also for our other 165. Have a blessed day.